Welcome to another abiding thought. Um, today, I want to take a less uh, take a, a moment to consider a statement that's made by Peter in First Peter chapter four, verse twelve, and I really just want to focus on the opening statement uh, of that verse. Well, I'll read the whole verse, but it says, "Beloved, um, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you." And I think of that, um, and from a number of different uh, vantage points, the immediate context for Peter's words here are Christians who are suffering specifically for their faith. But as you look at it from a broader perspective, um, Peter touches on something that corresponds or, or connects with what we've been saying recently in our series of sermons, which I concluded, by the way, from the book of Ecclesiastes where Solomon talks about life under the sun. And life under the sun, where we are vertically disconnected, which means it is the result of our being vertically disconnected from God, alienated from God because of the fall of Adam, and therefore the condition into which we are born is one where we are disconnected from God. And the result of our vertical disconnection from God, broken fellowship with God, is disjointed, dysfunctional, horizontal relationships. So everything, in other words, um, things don't work as they should. People don't act as they should. And so that combination of our fallen, our own fallen state and living in a sinful world where other conscious image bearers of God are not what they are supposed to be, that combination itself will bring about various trials whether it's the actions of others or our own actions or the consequences of our actions in a fallen world. And on top of it, not only do we have uh, image bearers of God fallen like we are that are prone to sin against us and we are prone to sin against them, but on top of that, we have chaotic, we have disorder and chaos in a, in, in a created realm that was intended to be peaceful. So we have all of the what we call natural disasters that we have to contend with. We have the fact of dying. We have the fact of bodies growing weary and growing worn because of experiences, because of medical conditions, things that are agitated, uh, that, that will agitate those medical conditions. Or even if you don't have medical uh, preconditions or disease, we're wearing down. As we rise day by day, we are wearing down. So because of this, we do have trials and our trials are not unique to us as fallen creatures in a fallen world. And so Peter, when he says, don't be surprised, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you encounter. Yes, he is speaking immediately to those who are suffering because of their faith. But even if it weren't because of their faith, uh, there are any number of things that will bring about trials and uh, trying circumstances. But the other thing that uh, I think needs to be mentioned here is because trials are common, that doesn't make their, uh, the discomfort, it doesn't, it doesn't make it any less uncomfortable. In other words, Peter is not saying keep a stiff upper lip. And sometimes we read it that way where Peter is saying, 
you know, don't be surprised when you try, when you go through various trials. They are common. What is it that you're going through that others are not also going through? And that may very well be true. That what we're going through, others have already gone through it and others are going through it as well. But that doesn't mean we aren't affected by these trials that are common. We can be very adversely affected at a very deep level spiritually and emotionally and otherwise, we can be disrupted. And so Peter is not saying, don't be surprised by your trials and also, you know, just keep a stiff upper lip. We can't minimize the fact of trials because they are common. And that's the thing that I want to focus on, that uh, whether uh, someone experiences loss that you've never experienced, uh, the death of a loved one, and then others will come and try to minimize that effect, minimize that pain, because they'll say what you're going through, everyone goes through, but yeah, but you're going through it. And so what Peter is reminding us of is not only the commonality of trials in a, in a fallen world, but by, by doing so, he's reminding us that we still have reason to rejoice. And I think when we minimize the trials that people go through, or we minimize the effect or the sting of loss, then we also, by extension, minimize the substance of our rejoicing. You see, brothers and sisters, we, we can rejoice in the Lord with tears of sorrow. And the very fact that we, what we're doing is we're expressing two things when we rejoice even in the midst of our loss, and we're not trying to keep an, a stiff upper lip because we hurt. And because we do have some inexplicable things that we are going through, and they are common in a fallen world. And God allows us that pain. And the reason, in fact, I've said this before, when we hurt emotionally and otherwise, uh, the, the tendency is to say, you know, your heart is broken. But no, hurt is showing that your heart is working. So when we experience loss, when we experience frustration, when we experience, when we cry out in agony, it's not because our heart is broken. It's because our heart is working and it's working and telling us that what we are experiencing is common, but not natural. So we don't have to minimize what we're going through in order to be able to rejoice in the Lord. Because sometimes it's in these trials that he doesn't always give us an, a, a rhyme or a reason, but he allows us to go through these things. And sometimes the only thing that we can do, and this is the beauty of being able to take everything to the Lord in prayer, and this is the beauty of the sacred space that he gives us when we come to worship Sometimes all we can do, like Paul, is cry out with the thorn in our flesh. And we will cry out. And we will cry and say, Lord, remove it, remove it. And the Lord speaks through his appointed means to give us comfort. 
so we can go through the valley of the shadow of death. We can, we can be frustrated from going back and forth to the hospital. We can go through these things because we are reminded that that's how it is down here. But we have reason to rejoice because the object of our faith tells us that as things are is not how they will be. He has already overcome the world. And so our moment of pain, our moment of frustration, the hurting of our heart is known by our Savior. And that's not the end of the story. So don't count it strange when you go through trials and recognize that even in the trial that the love of God is with us and the fact of the love of, the, of God is the guarantee not only that the trial will not prevail but the trials itself seasons of trial will come to an end rejoice and be exceedingly glad and because your heart is, is, is hurting and because you're crying doesn't mean you're not rejoicing. Rejoicing is not a Kool-Aid smile and a made-up laughter. Rejoicing is transcendent because it reaches beyond the, the present moment and it, it's, it's, it's joy at the deepest level that sometimes has to go through the pain of trial, but yet we rejoice. And the reason we rejoice is because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And what God has secured by the blood of his son cannot be overthrown by trials. Think about that.